DJ, drop a beat. Not another podcast. Not another podcast. Not another podcast. What the hell is wrong with you people? Not another podcast. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. James. I am sick and tired of everyone telling me I'm confused. Bryce. We're reckless, arrogant, stupid dicks. Big Jim. Wubble up a dub dub. <laughs> That's my catchphrase, remember? Samantha. I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm going to do it, okay? Dan. I don't know who you are, but I have a very particular lack of skills. I will never be able to find you. Not another podcast. Why do we hate ourselves? Why? Because it makes us Why don't happy we watch secretly. We could watch a good one. We could watch, you know, something James with like. James has never seen the room. Oh, and, and to be fair, I've seen most of it in chunks, but not in All a solid once. sitting. Yeah. Uh, because of the simple fact that it isn't so much a movie as it is like a penance that you do for it's like so committing funny. a sin. It's so wonderful in its awfulness. Um, I'm going to go get some water. I'll be right back. Okay. Well, good news is the um, the website that Bryce linked to me for a watch party. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can, I can upload whatever movie it is we want to watch and we can all watch it. It sends out links like zoom. So essentially what we can do is we can each have that up okay. on our computers and then have zoom going and it should, it should work fine in theory. Being the only thing I'm, I'm unsure about is, um, uh, audio, but I think if mm-hmm. we're all wearing headphones, we should only hear the zoom. So the the movie itself would not record so on on the Zoom call. Okay. So hey. like I said, yeah, if we can, uh, if we do this, uh, I don't see any any reason why we couldn't include footage from the film because um, ultimately, what what I think what we would do is we would chunk cut out the chunks of just like you know dead air or where we're like so captivated by. The plot, like when we watched uh, fucking Jack God. Frost, and we're sitting there, we're trying to like, we're trying to tear this apart, but it's tearing itself apart better than we could, and it's like its plot was so fucking ridiculous. Like I would sit there, I'm like, it's been like three minutes be- since any of us has said anything. Yeah, we're the only uh, fucking the, horrible movie. The only question I would have, and I and I think it's just something I would have to learn, is how to edit that video in to. Like do it in picture, make it small, something mm-hmm. like that. I, I would have to learn how to do that. I know but, I know enough video editing now to be dangerous, but not enough to get it like, you know, like another video into this one. But it's I'm easy. sure it's I'm sure it's easy. I'm just not sure how to do it with the video editing software that I have. If um uh, I mean I'm pretty uh wide yes, open. Are. Yes, um, you are, Sam. Don't you just let but, that um, go. You take that. You hold on to that. I am moment. wide open. Damn it. Um, no. So uh, I'm a delicate flower. <laughs> treat me as such. Uh, so if um, if you wanted to get on a Zoom and then maybe we could screen share or test it out, just let me know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, just pick one other person to kind of make sure everything works. And then, you know, we'll we'll go forth with like a whole gaggle. Yeah, I just need to. Uh, um, uh, the website itself looks fairly easy. It's it's essentially you upload whatever it is you're going to watch, and then you send out a link to the actual watch party, much like Zoom. 
Mm-hmm. Nice. And then everyone comes in on it and they, they watch it as, you know, like I hit play, we're all watching it together. And then, like I said, if we all have Zoom open at the same time, we can actually record all of our reactions and stuff. So yeah. then it's a matter of just taking the two and merging them in, in the video editing software. So cool. I think. Yeah, that, I that yeah, part I, will be the test. I tried. Uh, I, I'm working on a, a side sidecast, I guess, in a way. Uh, my buddy Mike. Uh, You're two timing us. Well, I mean, I don't see no ring on these fucking fingers. Kiss my dick. I'm not even on the goddamn banner, ass. Yeah, neither that's is why Danny. I was trying hear... to change the logo so we're all included. Hmm. Actually, that's been one of the things I've been wanting to do. I just haven't had time with everything going on. But it's dude. That's it's, why yeah. I just threw some stuff together. So feel free to give me feedback. You're in um, the intro, though. Great. True. So all the people that I'm sitting there, they're just like, I think you're in the intro right. ahead of Samantha. Oh, so all the sexist fans will be like, God damn right. He is. You and all the Samantha big Jim after fans. The ta- yeah. Only big Jim can turn all the positives into the negatives. <laughs> Catholic upbringing. Catholic upbringing. We'll get there. We'll get there. Swiping the feet anyway. out of the hands of victory. Same. E- um, are we waiting on Danny or is it just no trio? there's no Danny there's no Bryce they have uh, you know Bryce has got kids and they're uh, fucking let's call it what it is they're fucking they're making the third yeah they just really missed each other at work because they don't work together anymore you know <laughs> oh Danny and Bryce I was figuring Bryce and his wife but uh, oh no I, I guess, thought Jim was yeah, going Danny and Bryce yeah they're both not here so <laughs> I guess Please. Thank you, Jim. Where okay, did, I where got did you. Where you go, James? I understand you. <laughs> where, did you where did you go on that? Not I mean, to just... your perverted little fantasy land, I guess. Oh, and was that I'm ashamed the line? to say that I missed that train huh. uh, because huh. that train was far more entertaining than the one I went on. It's a pretty it's obvious like, train. Yeah. It's like the max, so there'll be another one along and I have two minutes. So in this scenario, uh, who's the giver? Who's the taker? Because uh, I feel like Bryce would be the giver. I feel... I. <sighs> In this scenario. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad I could allow you guys to start going down this uh, mental uh, arterial that you never considered previously. Well, the only the reason I, and see, here's the thing. I think it would be, I think it would be not welcome because Bryce has all the guns that shoot guns. So I he's think, obviously the pitcher then. Yeah. 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 I think Bryce is the giver, but he likes to be the little spoon after. That's what I think. He likes to be held and comforted yeah. after oh. the, the truly violent act <laughs> that he just. I just hope whichever one of us. <laughs> this scenario is really bad. I just hope whichever one of us Bryce decides to leave alive last, he will then explain actually who was pitcher, who was catcher. So they that person gets to die with closure. The other two, more than likely James and I, We'll have to die with a big question mark. Like, we'll never know. See, the only thing that I think uh, would save me for last is the fact that I'm married to his sister. And I don't think he would want to put his sister through that kind of pain. But at the is same it- time, she's been through enough having been married to me for almost 14 years. He might want to, you know. <laughs> Release her of her pain. Exactly. Well, I- well, we all, I mean, we all know Brie and we all know that she can handle herself. 
Exactly. So more than likely, James, you'll go first. Spoilers. But it won't be by Bryce. <laughs> it won't be by Bryce. That's the red herring. They'll think it's Bryce, right? They'll lock him up. No, probably I'll go for it. I'll get, I'll get killed brutally first, right? They think it's Bryce, right? So they get him locked up, like in like Scream or whatever, or Scream 2. But then, then another... But then, James then gets Samantha killed. Goes. No, no, James, you have to get killed. Because oh, yeah, yeah, Bryce, Because yeah. Bree, Bree's not going to kill Sam. Come on now. I mean, that's just silly. She'll recruit me to help her. That's what's going to happen. And that's Bryce, how Danny goes. Yeah, yeah Bryce yeah. and Danny. <laughs> Bryce and Danny's hey, buddy, secret. I'm here to visit. Yeah, Bryce and Danny's secret love pact, which eventually turns into our three grisly murders. <laughs> that's plausible, but Bree killing Sam? See, Danny oh. has to go because he would know the secret. <laughs> so Danny goes. Jim goes because he came up with the whole thing. And I go just because. You know what movie we just described? Frailty. Wild, oh, I was going to say wild things. <laughs> Ooh, well, wild, frail things. There we go. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. James, you got one. Yay, me. Yeah. Don't worry, you won't hold on to that title long. <laughs> no, probably not. I never do. No, it may just it may just keep. It may just keep. It's a good uh, one. Speaking of wild, frail things. Yes. How uh, are your balls? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Uh, Jim actually uh, requested some time because he's got something he wants to talk about. So, Jim, yeah. we yield the floor to you, my friend. Thank you, James. Um, what I'm going to talk about is um, it's going to be a difficult topic uh, for me, not in any kind of like an emotional uh, sense, just in that it's uh, it's going to be a very complicated emotion that I'm going to try to explain. And uh, I'll preface all of this by saying this has nothing to do with any one particular person or group of people or any one particular thing. This has just been my sort of like uh, a culmination of my experience as uh, my experience with finding humor and, and cultivating it into the person that I am today. So in a way, this is going to be kind of like the big Jim origin story. Um, so, uh, in order to do that though, and not add this sound like the biggest fucking pity party in the world, um, I'll have to go all the way back to, uh, the beginning, uh, to kind of, would you like the harp gliss sound effect right here? Uh, you know, I got the, I got the nice reflection from the screen. So I already got like the gleam in my eye. So you won't see the tear. You'll <laughs> see it like when it gets to be like around the cheek or jowl area. That's the money area. Cause that's when you're like, Oh, that's when the emotion really sinks in. Uh, so, okay. Um, I'll start with essentially uh, a premise uh, or a question. Um, how does someone who is like a comic or who uses humor so consistently that it, it's, it's essentially a part of their personality, who they are, their identity. How does that person then become legitimately, uh, or taken seriously? Uh, and for that, I'm going to give you, like I said, my 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 background here a little bit to sort of let you know where my uh, where my humor come from. <clears throat> and I talked about this a little bit here and there, and uh, it's going to be kind of like a it's it'll be a little tears of a clown, but I'll be the one telling it. So I'll, I'll sprinkle in some dick jokes here and there, you know, like little pubes to just keep you interested and entertained. Um, my sense of humor uh, developed uh, out of a sense of uh, or a need for survival. I know that sounds very odd uh, to hear just because 
never, no one ever goes missing in the Amazon and they find them a couple months later, all like beards all grown out, wild eyed. Like I had to use knock knock jokes to survive. It was horrible. I just want to go home and listen to NPR where it's quiet and sane. Uh, and so, but my survival was a little different. It had to do with a lot of um, physical, mental, emotional, psychological abuse that I was taking both at home and at school. It was all around uh, my inability to learn the same way the other kids did. And so there was just a lot of screaming going on essentially of uh and just sort of just imagine you're a kid and you're just a sponge you just absorb stuff and it's like full throat screaming like you're yelling at a full-grown person but directed at a small child and all they're hearing is um you're stupid you're lazy um uh, you're every negative emotion is just coming in and what i discovered was i i I didn't know how to fight back. I didn't know how to answer the question. I didn't know why I was this way I was. And so, like I said, it was, it was getting it at school from the teachers and the kids. And I was getting it at home from the parents and my half sister. And um, I only would find peace. Like when I would watch TV, I watched a fuck ton of TV, which is where all my pop culture knowledge comes from, you know, just, just, years and eons of of thundercats reruns and fucking transor z and, and fucking everything that you can like a uh, captain n like i love the idea of a kid getting sucked into a computer right like now it's just be like oh he just he would find wherever in the uh the virtual world Pornhub was and he would just like i don't know he'd fuck the cursor until his dick exploded uh but back then it was like amazing like you would be in a video game i, I like the idea that that otherness uh when I, I my dad was an actor uh watching him do these shows and these plays i love that idea of putting on somebody else's life and getting to pretend to be somebody else for a little bit um and so i already had that love for performing but then one day uh, my my sister brought home this cassette of uh bill cosby himself and uh this is a different time for cosby you know obviously uh, but then he was the biggest thing going. And I memorized that cassette tape. I wore it out one side and the other. I, list, I knew the timing. I knew how long. I had no idea what visually was happening. But auditorily, I was mesmerized. And to hear this voice with this room that I didn't know how big it was. So it was like infinite to me. And so you would get those huge room laughs. And I was just like, I want that so badly. Like it was... It wasn't so much I had already had the drug. I was watching somebody kind of getting high off of it. I'm like, I want to be fucked up like that. And so uh, I, I just I wanted to be a comic because I, I did love doing theater and I still do. But you've got rehearsals and you work with a bunch of other people and, you know, you're kind of limited in what you can sort of bring to uh, somebody else's character. But when you're a comic, you write the script, you pick the wardrobe, and you uh, you rehearse whenever the fuck you feel like it. Usually during commercial breaks to Judge Mathis, those are long, a lot of culinary bullshit I don't need in my life. <clears throat> so um, how I started to, to test this or to use this, because I wanted to be a comic, I saw those guys. Those, you know, you'd see them in, in the media, you'd see them uh, be... Uh, like untouchable, obviously, very untouchable. Uh, they should have been touched in, in yeah, and all that implies. 
So, um, was I go to school average day? I'm hanging out at St. Anthony of Elementary, uh, St. Anthony of Padua, maximum security learning facility and um, uh, religious annex. Um, I'm standing outside in the yard waiting for the bell to ring. Some kid walked by, just toss out whatever, you know, shitty little kid insult or whatever. Horrible premise, uh, shitty delivery, just like poor, very predictable punchline. As a comic, I'm offended. As a kid, I'm dead inside. But um, I was what I would do is I would take that insult. Right. And I would throw myself further under the bus, but with flair and grace and with a fucking amazing delivery. And so where they were getting that, ooh, he just dumped all lunch kind of uh, kind of reaction. I was getting laughs. And so uh, it kind of worked at least a little bit at first because. People were like, well, I, I don't want to, you know, can't really kick him when he's down, especially he's already doing it and better than we are. This isn't even fun for us anymore. You know, I mean, it, it, so it worked for a little bit, but, you know, not long term. Uh, and again, not to make this all, you know, pity, pity party about me, but like uh, it, this wasn't so much like, you know, you get I was getting flack from the other students because, you know, they're 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 seeing that I'm struggling and having to be this focal point so much for all this negativity. Uh, it was like a free pass. And not only was the faculty aware of this, you know, treatment, they uh, instigated it and supported it at times. Uh, but anyway, long uh, that part, whatever. Um, but that's kind of where I started to develop this aura of it's okay to tear me apart. Cause I could take it. Right. I didn't have when, you, when all a kid does is hear those negative things on a daily basis. What it does is it essentially, it evaporates their sense of self esteem, worth value, how they view themselves. All they see is I'm a receptacle for people to yell and then to dump negative shit into. And so you sort of like, okay, that's my role. And so you just sort of follow suit because you realize that trying to fight against that is like trying to push back the ocean. You're going to get tired well before it ever does. So you just kind of accept how that's, that's how things are. And so my humor began to develop in just complete self-deprecation ways. And uh, when I would get a little bit older, I would go to parties and stuff and like there'd be drinking and drugs or whatever. And like, I'd go to a house party, right? I know like maybe one or two people, the people that I came with, and there's just this house full of randos that I've never met before. Give me five minutes, right? I go to the keg, start up a conversation, five minutes down the road, they're, they're laughing their ass off. 10 minutes, we're doing shots. 15, I get into this weird place where I'm just like, all right, we're having fun. Who wants to punch me in the stomach as hard as you can? Uh, I'll give you three swings. And they're like, uh, why? And I said, well, the first one you're going to throw, you're going to be like, why are we doing this? Uh, and so you're, but you're going to feel like it's pretty solid down there. So the second swing, that's going to be your tester to be like, how much can my power can he take? And then the third punch, you're going to just, you know, throw ham. So that's why I give people three punches. And they'd be like, no, why, why do you want us to hit you? And I just thought I was just being silly and wacky and showing that I'm, I'm willing to go to that point. I'm willing to be, um, that party animal. I wanted to be that party animal I wanted to see in the world. And, uh, but ultimately, you know, and I would, <laughs> I would take like uh, fists, uh, feet, 
hands, pipes. Uh, I took a, a golf club, uh, a bat, and I would just wait. I would wake up or come to the next morning, and I'd have like strips of black and blue across my stomach, and I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, we had some fun last night." And it's only like recently do I get to kind of really understand why it was that I, I wanted to do stuff like that. And it was because I was trying to tell these people, I'm willing to do this for your entertainment because I feel like by entertaining you, you accept me. And in a small way, I can then maybe find a way to accept myself. Uh, spoiler alert, horrible plan does not work. And um, there's much easier and more direct ways that you can institute um, self-care and, and self-health anyway so I get into high school and I'm <laughs> I get into my jester hat phase uh, very well documented um, and it's like it was like attention I liked having the attention and I was getting better at being more witty and more funny and actually you know not have to rely so much on the I'm a big fat guy even though the vibe that I got off of a lot of people from high school was, you know, you remind me so much of Chris Farley. And as much as I loved Chris Farley, I hated that comparison because I didn't want to be the next Farley. I wanted to be the first me. And so anyway, uh, get to high school, college or whatever. And I start to uh, continue to work on, you know, this, this, this dream, this, this, this thing I want to do. I want to dedicate my life to, 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 to being a, a comedian. Uh, at least that was my mindset at the time. And so, and selfishly, I'll say, I did greatly enjoy the sensation that I felt of being able to turn someone's day of like walking past a friend in the hall and seeing like, they're just like fucking just, you know, they're, they're tore up on something or something's chewing on them. And I just will zone. I, I could zero in on that because I mean, I, I know the feeling. And I would just like, I would be relentless with just silly, ridiculous shit until I would break that crust of, of whatever it was that was like hanging on them. And I saw that they would feel better and that made me feel better. And that was like a selfish kind of drug. So I use your laughter and your joy to feed the emptiness anyway. So, um, but yeah, so, uh, obviously through the years uh, I've tried to evolve and, and change how it is that I, I was perceived when I, I started doing a uh, standup in Portland. Um, I changed because like it was all brand new and there was just so many options and I was hungry. I wanted to, to get on stage. I wanted to get established. I wanted people to start, you know, experiencing the magic. And uh, I, I, I started to, to make advances. I got, um, through like the my, my amateur phase or whatever i end up you know uh i'm on par with don frost like it's 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 like it's documented but whereas he just continued to build on that i hit this weird fucking crazy wall and i started feeling guilty about doing well and that i felt it was it was weird and it's 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 again it's hard to explain because when you're a comic, you're, you use misdirection and you use humor to diffuse situations and to, to elicit laughter from people. So it's very difficult for, for someone who does that consistently to, to be like, okay, now I'm going to shift gears and let's do the opposite where I say something and you're like, oh, I'll take that seriously and not be like, well, is there a dick joke? There's some balls hanging in the back of that sentence there. 
I could see them. I could smell them. Uh, so, you know, it, it, like I said, it's very difficult to kind of uh, get that credibility with people. And or uh, especially when you spend uh, a lot of time and especially the core of your humor was 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 based out of self-deprecation. This idea that I have no respect for myself. So how is anybody else going to be able to respect me? Um, and so can I jump in here, Jim? Sure. Because uh, this is right around the time that you and I met and became friends um yeah and, and a lot of what you're saying I, I it feels like you're shining like holding up a mirror to me uh because so much of what you're saying like i, I can i can totally re- relate to so i'm uh, my question here is yeah when, when you started hitting that that sort of wall d- do you find looking back that some of it was self-sabotage Yes, hundred percent. Uh, I asked myself uh, once, or I we were uh, I was in uh, a temple uh, in in college. Not no, I wasn't Jewish, uh, but I went to I was in college, and we were talking about <laughs> um, fear of success or fear of failure, and. Uh, it was the first time someone like the, the, the teacher or somebody else had posed the question. And so I'm like, all right, well, let's apply it to me. What do I think I have? Do I have more fear of success or do I have more fear of failure? And I couldn't come up with an answer until finally I realized, Oh, I got both awesome sauce. I got, I'm terrified that I'm going to wake up one day and realize that I'm, I've been fooling myself and that, that this has just been a complete and utter waste of a life. Uh, and then at the other side, so what happens if it all comes together tomorrow and I just can't handle it and I crumble and then I prove everyone right that always said that I was never going to amount to anything. Like the moment that I got my chance, I folded because that's what, you know, I always do. And because that's what I was always force fed to believe. Well, cause, uh, and, and I, I can't remember if we've talked about this on the air or not. Um, but you had been on, you'd been uh, basically half of a pretty successful radio show. And when they, if you they, don't count uh, Mexican radio, um, uh, I, I never his, count Mexican radio. His, his, Hispanic uh, radio markets, uh, juggernauts, fucking country wishes they had those numbers. Anyway. But you were, you were part of an afternoon show mm-hmm. on KUFO. And they blew that show out, but they kept you. They yeah, did that was switching. And, and you actually got your own show. Like, they gave you your own show. And you had absolutely no experience in radio. Nope. And I do remember at the time that, because <laughs> it was talked about quite a bit, you kind of went on a binge. Oh, Yeah. And, and I think, and this is why I asked, do you think you, you self-sabotage? Because what had happened, and I know you've talked about this on the air, but what had happened was you, you finally decided that you'd been given a golden opportunity. Yeah. And you, you realized that you were blowing it 
And the day that you decided, okay, I'm actually going to focus and make the most of it, mm -hmm. they fired you. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't, <laughs> let's be clear, it wasn't because of the drinking. The, the company was actually going through uh, uh, that, a That, I mean... It didn't, it didn't, it wasn't the reason, but I mean, it was, if, if the reason was slip and slide, then the booze was just all that, that just, it just, it, it lubricated that process. Yeah. But they were blowing people out left and right because yeah. they were, they were selling the, the company. So they were, they were offloading a lot of dead weight to make the yeah. sale more appealing as it were. So. Mm. But yeah, the day the day you came in and you were like, okay, this is it. This is my moment. I'm gonna grab this bull by the horns. Yep. And they call you in. And so I can see how that fear of failure, I mean, that totally just shines a spotlight on it. It's like, no, the moment you decide you're gonna be successful, life comes in and, and kicks everything out from under you. So yeah. Go ahead, Sam. I'm thinking, but but then the opposite can happen. Like, there are a lot of what you've said so far that I can relate to um, as well. There there are some pitfalls that I was able to avoid basically because of the military. <laughs> so, um, but, um, but, you know, like growing up, it wasn't the screaming. It was more of a quiet hatred. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I had <laughs> so more the icy, the icy cold kind of shut out, essentially. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. And that's and that's the thing is like, you know, they're they're, they're one's night. What both are equally traumatizing mm -hmm. to a kid who's just trying to do their best, you know, ideally. Mm -hmm. But um, but then, you know. Being on radio in the military was awesome. We did it live. We learned everything, like the, the best way to do it. And everyone is really encouraging and teaching each other and sharing experiences. And that was wonderful. And I was like, this is going to be great when I get in the military. And it was fucking trash. And then I wasted how many years at a fucking bank because I needed to pay bills. Yeah. And then I fall back asswards into a job that my degree is in. And then I'm like, holy shit. So like things yeah. can also, you can, I mean, it, it, I'm definitely a fail upward type of person. I'm not afraid of failure. I don't think I'm afraid of success. I think there was definitely a time where I was, but now that I've overcome, well, I feel like I've overcome the fear of failure. The fear of success has definitely lessened. Yeah. Yeah, See, I don't think I've even accomplished that fear of failure because there's always in my mind, there's always that someone's going to catch on to you're not good at this. Oh, yes. I definitely someone's going to catch on have insecurities. And, there's, and, and yeah. especially in the business I'm in, it, people get fired for no reason. So yeah. it's not oh, yeah. a lot of times it's not even a reflection on on the performance. It's just whatever, whatever. Yep. But it's it it for me, it always comes down to nope, nope, they finally caught on. You're not you're not good enough. I mean, Jim, you can attest uh, I, when we were at KUFO, how much was I I spending time there and busting my ass and doing Dude, other people's jobs? I'll be honest, and and this is uh one hundred percent sincere. Um when the I was um, 
just disillusioned after I mean after Christine left, I had a near I had a mini breakdown because it's like what got handed to me just seemed way too big and way too complicated for for my me to be able to understand. And I thought that this was going to go like a week and then I was just going to tank out hard. And but I I managed to to learn this crazy business that is always hungry, is never full. You never get to take a break. I mean, you have to wait for the host to take a vacation and then you don't even get a vacation. Your vacation is you get to sit in your workplace and listen to yourself talk and, and drive yourself insane because you're like, wow, I can hear the hopelessness in my own voice. <laughs> and it sounds great, by the way. The levels are phenomenal. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I, I would not have been able to have lasted longer than that week that I had in my head if it wasn't for James, if it wasn't for Woodman. Woodman, who's got a fucking heart as gold. I love that oh, man. Oh, dude, yeah, I love that long. guy. Even Joe, even fucking walking hr nightmare i'm just gonna use his first name joe you know what i'm talking about i actually ran into him not too long ago really yeah he's doing great oh uh, he's he was always doing great he is just yeah. he was like the guy from every sitcom that you're like how is this guy not like immediately fired and like not just fired but like fired into jail like <laughs> from the job for what you know just for being kind of like you know whatever he's endeared himself uh to me by just his patience and willingness to help me yeah and like after i'd gotten the hang of it and i was doing it for a while and just the 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 monotony and of, of my work environment my frustrations that i had with just um not getting any increase in, in 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 pay and only having more responsibilities and more stress to have to try and filter through I, there were so many days where I was just sitting at my desk and looking at the shit that I had to fucking do for that day. And I'm like, I just, I, I don't know how I'm going to fucking get through it. And then I look over and I would see fucking James who would be in the middle of seven different things, talking to four different people and holding together the majority of the cluster of stations that people were listening to in the goddamn greater Portland area. And what I took away from your, your fire was the sense that you 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 were doing this because this was this was you know at your heart at your heart what you wanted to do and you were gonna no matter what it was that your job was supposed to if they wanted you to dig a ditch it was gonna be the best fucking ditch imaginable to the point where any other following ditch digger that they would bring in would that would be the ditch by which they were be be judged got a weird analogy there but you know, I would I would take so much inspiration from seeing your just unrelenting, unflinching work ethic and the stuff that they would just dump on you or take away or dangle and just almost like in a way to torment you. And yet you never let that fuck with how you were going to run whatever responsibility you had to do. That was untouchable by the shit that they were trying to shovel at you. And I took a lot of inspiration from that from you. I don't know if I ever said that out loud to your creepy fucking dead eyed Funko eyes. I got to stare at that for an hour every week, James. It's not easy for me. I keep being like, you say something, I look down, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm looking into the abyss. It is better that than my actual face. 
Oh, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, so as I've you know evolved and everything else, uh, and and as as James was saying, yeah, I did self-sabotage so much a lot of what was holding me back was my lack of uh taking my uh having any respect for myself and what was fueling that but not the reason for that was my drinking and i drank away so much opportunity so many relationships friendships um because i couldn't keep the bottle out of my fucking hand and uh, I would get bitter because like uh, I'd be working, uh, trying to get gigs and I would like be at Harvey's. I was there for years as the, as the host, as the MC. I got 15 shitty minutes up front while everybody was just like gradually calming down. And right when they should be ready to, to you could dig into them, I got to bring the first comic up. And even when I'm at, I'm at the radio station, so doing that full time and, and trying to, to hold that down. And then I would get to do a week at Harvey's and I would bring on their headliner. I would be dumping nothing but free advertising and money into the owner's pocket and any birthday, any last minute change up that they were throwing at me. I never bitched. I never complained. I just I just took it and I did the best job I could. And it fell into that shitty abyss of if you're really good at your job they don't want to move you up because it'd be more of a pain in the ass to try and train somebody else and they already know they're not going to do as good a job Mm -hmm. so what we'll do is we'll keep feeding you or dangling whatever in front of you and and welcome to my life in portland radio yeah (laughs) and the the other thing that's hyper frustrating with that type of situation is like you have a coworker that consistently fucks up or is consistently as mediocre under par work they do one thing well and it's a Mm. fucking parade but meanwhile as you're doing consistently great work if slip once you're the worst person in the world yeah Yeah. and whenever anybody else uh just is either being piss poor at whatever project they are instead of being like hey get your head out of your ass and do a better job it's sam will do this better than this person will so rather than make the effort to try and dig dig an effort out of somebody else this person's already pulling their weight let's give them more shit to do yep you know and it's so yeah um so my uh again i i you, uh, my, my drinking was, uh, what I was using to sort of, uh, I I always called it turning the volume down on the, the shit that I, I came up through and, and that horrible lack of self uh, image and self-esteem. And, uh, it was like, anytime I tried to accomplish anything, it was just immediately met with, uh, with, with laughter, but not laughing with, but laughing at the idea that you're going to try. You're a joke, but not one that is funny. It's one that's more tragic. And um, again, that that constant glazing just it seeps into who you are. And when I finally got older and I was able to really get a, a good look at, at myself and how I, I was poorly wired as a kid, you got to go in, you got to pull out all that shitty wiring and you got to relearn a lot of shit that it makes the process more difficult because, you know, you get frustrated. You're, you're trying to, to get 
you know, this element back of yourself. And then you look and you realize, you know, it feels like you, you had to go back and redo like second grade phonics because it got lost in a file somewhere. And I got to go back and do this shit. And it, it feels like it's so, again, it feels very remedial, but it was, it was denied you as a kid. And what you do is that part of you that was supposed to be filled up with a proper way to do things was a void. And what got filled in that void was the negativity and the constant, um, uh, everything else. And so for me, like it was so constant and so like, I would go uh, not necessarily catatonic, but I just shut down because I, I was terrified to open my mouth to say anything because I was afraid it was just going to make things worse. And so, um, yeah, uh, I started finding uh, uh, to sound as cliche as possible, the healing power of humor. And I start using it on myself and I start sharing it with other people. And I love that. And I'm like, if only there was a way that, you know, you could do that, you know, as a living, not necessarily, you know, as a comic on stage in that structure, but just like, what's your job? I spread joy and happiness. I commit random acts of awesome. And uh, uh, I prank people with uh, fulfillment and make them like go home with a sense like the world is not just this unending, you know, Greek tragedy grudge fucking a dumpster fire. Um, it's it, that there is some good left out there, you know, and it's when you're trying and no matter what you do, it's always kind of looked at or dismissed more, more than anything. Um, and this is something that I've had to, to fight with my own mother, the woman that's known me the longest. She gets the claim uh, as that as that person. And even now I try to have um, an honest and, and frank discussion. She's having a lot of health issues right now. It's very, very stressful. And I'm trying to ease that and I'm trying to, to let her know that, you know, this that I'm reliable and I can do these things and that, you know, that I can do that. And the reaction that I get is, is either she laughs like I'm trying to make a joke or I'm trying to inject humor when I'm clearly not, or she gives me a look of so much of like, yeah, I mean, we could do that kind of thing. And it's just, it shows what lack of, of faith that, you know, her or, or in that moment or, or other people um, have in me. And so, um, well, I don't think it's, it's just you, Jim. I think there's, there are always people in our lives that are only ever going to see our failings. Hmm. They, they refuse to see, they refuse to see how we've grown and how we've matured and how we've learned from our mistakes because they're. It's unfortunate. It's unfair to do that to parents though, because they always will only see you as the kid as, as, as their little, yeah. as their little, whatever, whatever. And they don't want to have to put more on you and you know, they've got the parent guilt, you know, and you get that because you're like, you're trying to make the kid's life easier, not put more shit on them, you know? And I don't think I've ever really gotten into um, what's really kind of been uh, uh, like, like I said before, they, when you're a kid, they tell you uh, who to talk to when you're, when you're being you know hurt or when you're in a bad place. Every morning uh, before school, I called my mom uh, at work and I would beg her in tears to not make me have to go back there 
they, they're hurting me there. And she was aware of this first grade. I'm coming home with bruises on me. They took me out for half a year and then put me right back in. But a lot of this also kind of stems from uh, my feelings about organized faith because uh, their dedication to their faith was stronger than the thought. Maybe we should focus on how this kid should grow up healthy and encouraged, not downtrodden, beaten and forced into believing this sect without even so much as a thought that maybe he might not see things that way. Anyway. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I've gotten to a place now where I've, I've gotten three years uh, away from alcohol and like I've, I've been able to see my life in a different way, see myself in a different way and take pride in myself in a lot of uh, the things that I've managed to accomplish. You know, I got a lot of friends and you know, when you get around your buddies, you know, what do you do? You bust balls. What you do? I give, I take, it's, it's what you do. Um, Y'all should we, see our text feed. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing but shade. Nothing we are, but it should we be a are fucking, harsh yeah. to each other. It's a forest. It's a fucking sunsetter. There's no sun, all shade. So, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's nothing. To, and, and believe me, based on just the, the, the small window that I've opened into, into that part of my life, my, I got a very, very thick skin. And, um, well, and still, it also there's, goes there's, to show that don't, don't judge people. You don't know what's going on in their lives. Yep. Yeah, because, Jim, I've known you a long time. And back when we were hanging out in, in Portland and and we were busting each other's balls and I had no idea any of this shit was going on. Well, I don't and talk I, about it. Well, and the, but see, the thing is, is like even when I did start learning, mm -hmm. I didn't choose to to fault you for any of that. To no, me, I, and, and and maybe this is just something with my character or something, mm -hmm. um, but it's. I, I never chose to like pity you. I always saw, I always felt bad that you weren't getting more opportunities because you never failed to make me laugh. You were a brilliant writer. I loved writing stuff with you and you were just an all around good dude. So it, it always it. hurt me the same that it, it it hurt me, you know, anytime Samantha had something that, that the people who I care most about it, it disgusts me. It hurts me when they don't succeed. Yeah. You know, and I had and, and that I, in spades for you because you're one of the funniest goddamn people I know, hands down. And, and like I said, your writing is, is brilliant. Um, the fact that you can improv something at the drop of a hat and keep it going. We've talked about stories on this show, the, the, <laughs> the, the Trump uh, uh, call that you got. Oh, <laughs> or the, uh, the, the scam call where, where they wanted money so they could set you up with a whole uh, actor profile. Oh, that was fucking genius. <laughs> Well, I, hold on. If you're talking the about timeshare, I actually fell for that one. I actually fell. I actually fell for the one that was like, "Hey, uh, you want to be an actor? We got all these parts. We need people." Yeah, Craigslist. I, very I was talking about yeah. the one that uh, where they uh, were going to give you a headshot and and uh, <laughs> do all the calls and stuff. And and That's you, Pima. you're uh, you you <laughs> locked your wallet in your car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like and James is is seen like. It's, it'd be one thing if mine was just a life where, you know, 
I had these things that I was self-sabotaging and I'd be frustrated by them, you know, like anybody else would be, but you know, you'd look at it from the outside and be like, well, they're their own worst enemy. They're causing a lot of this shit to happen themselves. But James is seeing first fucking hand just once or twice coincidence more than that. Really something's going on for me. It's like, was Charlie Brown actually written on the birth certificate? And then you just scraped that off and then you just wrote my name. Cause it's like things that unnecessarily that don't need to go wrong will go wrong. And it it's, it, I don't know if it was part of the training, but that's kind of what allowed me to be able to, uh, to improvise. Cause in my head, you know, you start thinking in this fucked up way of like, if I plan for every horrible contingency, a, I'll be prepared and yeah. I'll feel confident yeah, I'll right. be able to handle it. No, you won't. You will spend way too much time and energy focusing on so much negative shit that when it does actually happen, you're so terrified that one of those things that you just thought up is going to happen that y- even if it goes well, you're not going to be able to enjoy it because, you know, whatever. Yeah, Ryan uh, and I and, were talking we about talked- things that... um things that you wish you could tell your yourself like your 20s and yeah. for me it's just like you get uh, brushing the shit off that doesn't matter stop thinking about it because it doesn't fucking matter yeah and brushing that shit off much easier because as i've gotten into my 30s like it's so much easier for me just to be like cool that's your opinion i'm gonna go do this thing i don't give a shit what you say think do have have at it and well, uh, we discussed I, we discussed montana a few weeks ago and <laughs> what what i didn't say was there was a a time and i still i still firmly believe that i sabotaged myself when when i started realizing that this place was shit and the people i worked for were shit and before i met samantha i was I was making rookie mistakes, mistakes I made as an intern, like stuff that I was so far beyond. I was making mistakes and I was getting so angry. And it was like, it was like I was sinking in quicksand because the more I struggled, the more I would mess up. Yeah. And I actually had a conversation with my father about it. And I was just like, I keep doing this stuff. Why am I doing this stuff? And it was my my stepfather who basically said, you're not happy. You're going to keep doing this stuff because you're not happy. Mm-hmm. And so he was the one who's like, you got to do the best you can at this place and focus on doing the best you can so you can get out of there. And then Samantha rolled up and made things easy, but I was still making rookie mistakes. And I think that's why um, the stuff that, that ended up getting us on the podcast was both of us essentially kind of, while we were venting, we were also sabotaging ourselves because we knew, we knew they would listen. Yeah. I just straight didn't care anymore. I didn't care. They could have listened. They could have not didn't. When he told me that I, that, um, we're leaving like I had to hold back laughter because I was just like okay because I didn't take him seriously as a human being let alone a boss so I was like okay bro I had doubts sure. he was a carbon-based life form Fuck that <laughs> like guy. I don't take you seriously at all 
Fuck him in half with a chainsaw. Fuck that guy. But it's it's getting to your point, Jim. As much as we we do find ourselves in positions where we start self-sabotaging, there are also people outside influences, mm-hmm. toxic people in our lives that help run us down. Cut you know that shit out. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes and it's really hard to do because it's someone this? who you care deeply for, a parent yeah. even, you know. So it, it makes it harder to, you know, yeah. carve that person. I just had that twice this year. A lot of and people, yeah, this year was rough. Last they're, year. they're freaking family. People, I, I still, as much as I hate what happened, I still love and respect. Now, if they come calling... I'm probably not going to take the call, but you know, that's just how it has to be. Yeah. You know, they both made it very clear that they don't need me in their life. And I'm like, cool. Mm -hmm. You need to do ultimately what is, is best for you. And the hardest part about learning that lesson for me was again, trying to not to sound like the fucking, um finding uh value in myself like i i can't tell you um (laughs) i would do i would be like at uh, parties or whatever like before i moved to portland i was like dreaming of being a comic and uh uh people would be like hey you should do you should do comedy or whatever um but like (laughs) i would be a good idea but like I couldn't, I, I didn't know how to take compliments. People would compliment me and I would like correct their compliment. <laughs> I'd be they're like, oh, great show. And I'm like, yeah, I fucked that joke up and this, that, and the third and everything else. Until Trust finally, the Nazis. Yeah. Somebody was just like, just kind of shrug hit me after I, uh, after the other person left. And the other comic is just like, take the fucking compliment. Do you think they came up to you in hopes that you would explain to them all the things that you were disappointed in? No, they came up to you to tell you that they really liked what you did. Fuck your mistakes. Get over yourself. Not in so many words. Well, and Jim, you've um, seen this firsthand. Uh, anytime I, one of the things I love about doing the podcast and even doing radio is there is a certain amount of anonymity. It always throws me whenever I meet someone who is a fan of something i do yeah uh meeting fans of this podcast throw me because in my mind no one's listening even though i've got tons of tons of you know facts that show that we have listeners yeah to me there is a comfort in the fact that it's just the five of us yeah you know um so when i do meet fans and and (laughs) Uh, first time I did no first time I did was with uh, with you Jim at your you're going away I met mm-hmm. one of our fans and the first thing I did was apologize yeah <laughs> that's sort of like our brand though I feel at this point <laughs> but, I listen to not another podcast I'm so sorry <laughs> and that not, was thank that was you a friend not I appreciate that not tell a friend <laughs> I am deeply sorry for your poor life I, choices. I apologize I have no excuse, but uh, so here's, here's, here's the difference. That was a friend of Bryce's. Now, uh, a few years ago, I go to comic con 
and I start talking with uh, some creators there. And I mentioned that, yeah, I do a podcast here in Portland and it's called Not Another Podcast. And they go, I love that show. Which blew my mind. I loved it. (laughs) I, um, I didn't know how to take it. I, I wanted to just walk away. Yeah. Um, the, some of those creators have since become good friends of the show. Uh, the guys from all things E. Um, but it's still, uh, recently I met our number one fan, the, the so-called president of the fan club. And I just wanted to leave the room. I wanted to apologize and make my exit. (laughs) It is, it's, it's one of those things that I've always wanted to do something that people enjoy and appreciate, but Mm. when they do, and then they tell me, I I don't know how to process that. Yeah. So (laughs) take that and to add just 10 levels onto that. When someone says to me, thank you for your service. It's like, I don't know what to do, what to say, how to (laughs) act. It's like, I didn't do anything. I just read the news. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it's not even that. It's like I I have friends who don't have limbs anymore. I have friends who aren't here anymore. And it's just like you're thanking me for that. But by extension, you're thanking them, too. So it's just like you have to represent everyone in that moment. And um, one of my friends told me she's like, I learned how to how to answer that is thank you for your support. And so I say that like, that's it's like, thank you for your service. Well, thank you for your support. And it's just it's made it so much easier. And mm-hmm. I it's so it's still I can still appreciate it without feeling awkward. So it's just I mean, See, I don't could... think thank you for <laughs> your support is going to work on the podcast level. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Well, I think one of the reasons. Thank you for supporting us. I, yeah. I think I I still think I'm sorry you don't have better things to do with your life. Oh, th- then we're insulting them. <laughs> we're the ones that don't have better things yeah. to do for your entertainment. <laughs> James, they're the victims here. So. <laughs> James is victim blaming. Jim, yeah. we're gonna have our own podcast. Now. But see, no, yeah. wait, 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 wait. So that bears the question: <laughs> Are they really victims if they're? doing it to themselves we're not forcing this on them well like we like we were just saying uh this is how people act when that's how they were raised right mm-hmm. uh when so um, you're saying all our listeners were abused in some way <laughs> i mean we can do damage a raise of trip. hands to see how many people had a great childhood damage uh, danny. damage danny well and he's not here how convenient <laughs> he's out. He's, you know, getting, you know, Bryce's balls deep in him right now. <laughs> Put that. But he image. gets to be the big spoon after. So that's I mean, good. Yeah, well, he's crying, he can dry his tears on Bryce's sweaty shoulder. That's great. I mean, I just got a mental image of that. Oh, my God. You just you <laughs> just well, got one. You just, was it buffering? Was that what it was? Like your brain was like trying to like fucking time it out fucking 404 oh. this shit <laughs> so my brain can handle a lot but it was that like it's the intimate it's the intimate moment picturing that i'm like mm. like that scene from when hot american bad. summer with uh, bryce is gonna end up with a uh, beard burn on the on his shoulder blade oh my god i mean if we see it we'll know why it's there we don't have to acknowledge it we can just we we'll, just we'll understand <laughs> 
I like how this this episode started with like Bryce and and Danny are fucking, and then got like really deep and emotional, and then just with a blink of an eye, where we went from like, uh, sorry you guys listen to this, and then back to Bryce is is, is balls deep and because we are a full circle full service show, Jim. That's how, you know you're gonna full circle <laughs> jerk. that's how you know we're a bunch of jerk. That's how you know we're a bunch of pros. Because but... we know how to bring it full circle. So you always bring it back. <laughs> well, uh, I'll say, though, uh, I can understand uh, how when someone would say that to you, Samantha, that that would kind of set you aback. Because when, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I just I'm laughing at myself because like, Jimmy, you're about to mansplain to Sam <laughs> about how the military is going to affect her. Can you be like inception level douche? How do you speak with your foot in your mouth and your head up your ass? It takes stretching is, is, is the main is the main message. Yoga, to, a lot yes. of yoga. But as I could empathize as best I can, um, <clears throat> joining something like the armed services, you are joined you're joining something that's much, much bigger than yourself. And so your role in it is a very small cog in a very large machine. And so when someone comes up to you, Sam, you are then representing this, this big machine. And they say, thank you for your service. And you're like, why are you thinking this cog? Like I am, I am, but a humble cog in this (laughs) machine. So I don't, I can't, that's too big for me. And so when I, I like how you're like, well, thank you for your support, because then that's sort of you're like, I'm taking this for everybody. And we as a group say thank you for your, you know, mm-hmm. so I like that. That, that 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 works. And that's yeah. And that's exactly how I sort of picture it is like it's everyone everywhere. We're all saying it to you because you're saying it to all of us. Yeah. So just uh, to, to, to quickly get to the end of the whole reason why I brought <laughs> all this, this whole thing up today. was It's something that I'm, and I'm still I'm still uh, wrestling with it uh, uh, internally. Um, I had the opportunity this week to do something exceptionally awesome. Uh, I got offered to do a comedy show, which I mean, in this environment, that that sentence ended right there, I would still be over the moon because any kind of stage time at this point, I'm, I'm just clamoring for, even if it's via Zoom. And uh, but it wasn't just that they wanted me to headline. So I'm just like, that's even better because I get to, you know, I get more time. I can do whatever I want. It's just it's, it's great. And then, but to add, you know, an even better icing on top of this delicious, amazing cake, it was going to be uh, about uh, comics that are currently in recovery that are uh, dealing with their uh, addictions to alcohol and or drugs. And I was, I cannot begin to tell you how humbling and how uh, overjoyed I was at, at the opportunity to, to kind of be a part of this and, and, and to, you know, to, to get the, the head spot it was, it was amazing. And um, but as you now, is as this you guys, coming or is this already happened? This, this already happened. Oh, and uh, the reason why I didn't um, promote it is uh, is uh, feeds into um, the the end part of this, which is um, with my my easygoing nature and my sense of humor. For some people, that that translates to well, I can essentially just kind of shit on anything that you say or that you do, uh, and just kind of like you know tack a flimsy jk on the end because it's just a joke right you know it's just a joke no one's taking this seriously no one's making this their life's dedication no one's spending hours uh focusing on trying to to get this to to some other next level right it's just a joke um 
and uh, what that does is it, it sends me right back to that little kid that was just you know beset on all sides, and uh, it makes me think that I, you know, whenever whenever I get hit with a, a challenge and I am just feeling frustrated and I'm I'm kicking my own ass. No, to this day, no one's made a foot big enough that can kick my ass as well as I can do it myself. We are our own worst enemies. Yeah. And we know, cause we know where all of our weak spots are. And for whatever reason, our brains get into these, these, these phases where it's like, let's pull up all the shit that just makes us feel so worthless. And it's like brain you're in the, you're in here with us. We should be on the same team. Why do you do this to us? Uh, I think if I say us too much, people are going to think Jim's crazy. Or where the um, voice is in his head. Yeah. So, um, and so on yeah. his message feed. <laughs> <laughs> but again, again, you, I understand that, you know, uh, like I said, you have friends, you bust balls. It's, it's, it's part of that give and take. And, uh, or it, it is to an extent. So, um, but I don't, I don't normally promote my stuff on here because a lot of times when I, you know, was on social media or whatever, I would put something out there and like, regardless of how many people would like it and, and, and put some nice, you know, thing on it or try to share it or try to generate more, uh, more information, I would only ever focus on the, 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 the small group of people that would just, you know, throw shit on it because they think that, you know, again, humor translates to I'm shitting on you, but it's just a joke. And fuck you. If you feel any kind of way about it, you're supposed to be a comic. Because that's how they think that that's how humor works. And that's when you understand that the sense of humor is stronger in some people than it is in others. Your midichlorians are higher. Theirs are, you know, garbage. And so, um, so yeah, and and like James was saying, also, the people that you know for for the longest, um, when they kind of hit you with a humbling moment, it has that much deeper impact because they have that connection with you. So. Well, uh, Jim, I'm kind of glad you brought that up because I was thinking about that today. We collectively on this show are really shitty about promoting ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's something that I want us to address uh, this year um, because we all have different projects going. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, I want us all to succeed. I, I really do. Um. So that means we need to, you know, you got a comedy show. Let's fucking promote it. Sam, you got something going with radio hour. Fucking let's promote it. I need to be better about promoting Homestead. Mm. And, and especially because Homestead is collectively us. I mean, I'm running that shit, but it's collectively us. Yeah. I want that to succeed. So um, Patreon, we've got to get on more. Our merch, we've got to get on more. All of that stuff we have to promote more i think and not just yeah. on this format but on facebook and every every other place that we can so yeah i've been posting on facebook cons pretty consistently for the last what 10 months now so we've definitely upped that yeah but um yeah it could definitely uh there's lots of stuff we can do and um this is a space that i am working in professionally now so there's lots of things we can do it's just a matter of 
doing them because yeah. <laughs> I have to do it all for radio hour outside of work as well as take care of our clients. So, <laughs> well, I was actually going to sit down with you, Samantha, here yeah. recently and and ask you about potentially putting together a um, newsletter. Uh, no, a um, <laughs> no, a, Sam. A press your dreams are dumb. Homestead. Uh, because one of the things I want to do for Homestead is get it out to some influencers, uh, some, uh, audio drama influencers, and they all ask, uh, for a press kit as well as the show itself. So I just don't have time. And I want to, I really want to focus on the creative side of Homestead and keep that going because, uh, the feedback I am getting, it's very little, but I am starting to get feedback that says this is a good show. So if we can get Homestead in the hands of some people who will talk about it to a much wider, broader audience, maybe we'll start seeing those numbers come up. And as a side effect of those numbers going up, the numbers of this podcast will go up and we will hopefully see that in our Patreon and our merch sales. We will hate ourselves even more because now we're letting (laughs) down even more people. Uh, well, no, I, I put something in the group chat that I think might uh, it, it dovetails beautifully and, and I think can be very beneficial. And it was something that I came I found while I was kind of rustling with uh, with this this thing that I got. And it's uh, it's called five steps to shake the feeling that you're an imposter. And the 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 title is kind of it throws it threw me the first time I saw it. And I clicked on it just out of morbid curiosity. But it deals with a lot of what we were talking about, which was essentially this constant feeling of, you know, that of inadequacy of of basically, you know, being our own worst critic and not really putting um, any real uh, positive motivation behind ourselves and just kind of, you know, focusing on all the negatives and and sort of like putting the positives to the side because of whatever personal feelings you might have and it's five cool steps uh i won't get into them right now but they definitely uh break down a lot of what my broken head works you know uh works situations through and it it was it wasn't it wasn't like, you know, do these things and you'll be better. It's like, these are the things that my brain does and it's fucked up. And these are different ways of looking at it and how to better augment that so that we are able to um, just not tear ourselves down so much. But again, I don't want to, um, I don't want to lose uh, this, this last little part here. Um, so anyway, like I said, uh, you know, I, I find out I'm doing this thing and I'm super excited about it. But again, I have uh, apprehension of, of putting it out there because there's still this part of me that has this, I guess, sense of being an imposter that yep. um, I'm, I'm good at playing the part or I'm, I'm nice or I'm appreciated while I'm present, but no one's going to make an effort to kind of like go out of their way to, to, to support me in any kind of way or whatever. And anytime somebody kind of throw something at me uh in a way and i gotta take a shit sandwich with a smile on my face and be like hey good one or whatever you know um it's just it's shitty and it and it's feeding into that that aura that it's okay to not take me seriously it's okay to laugh off the shit that i'm trying to do because i'm not saying that it's not cool and i'm not um actively trying to be like that's a thick thing to do or whatever so I'm trying to, uh, I was 
going to start promoting this this thing that I was doing uh, with the uh, the comedy diversion uh, showcase, and uh, I was over at Buddy's house. And give you a quick backstory on him. I've known this guy since before I moved to Portland. You know, very much. Uh, he's a knucklehead, you know, but he's a lovable knucklehead. And so, again, a lot of ball busting. Uh, he moved in with a buddy who is in a band that's uh, local and they're, they're really amazing. Anyone that loves music and loves bands knows when you go to see live music, uh, some bands are really good. They have a knack at, at, at a certain thing. But then you see another band and there's like you get that immediate feeling that there's so much more going on than meets the ear. Like there's a, there's a genuine there's something here that you want to dig into. And these guys have it in, in, in spades. And so uh, my buddy I've known for forever and a day uh, moves in with one of the guys in this band. I come over to hang out one night. They're having a band meeting. <clears throat> I try to be respectful. You know, I'm like, hey, do you need me to make myself scarce? I'm, I can dip. That's fine. And like, no, you, you hang out or whatever. And, you know, my buddy that I've known, you know, the knucklehead, he's been a fan and, and friends of theirs for so long that he's he's like an unofficial member, not so much a groupie, more like a, a high functioning mascot, if you will. <laughs> and so um, he can pop off willy nilly. And they you know, that, that's cool. I am good friends with him and becoming friends with his roommate who's in the band. I don't feel I have that kind of sway in any way. And they're working on this hard project of they're, they're trying to write a letter to their fans because um, a founding member is going to be going off to do some solo stuff. And they're trying to figure out how to let them know in a way that encompasses a whole bunch of these things. And so I'm talking to my buddy, uh, the knucklehead, and this other conversation is going on. I'm kind of half eavesdropping on. And when my knucklehead buddy goes up to take a dump, I know I got a long time to wait. So <laughs> kinda, I take all the stuff that they're kind of like uh, picking around and I, streamline it into throw a little uh, little sprinkle of of whatever in there and when i get when they have a lull in their conversation i'm like hey um would it be okay if i offered something that might just you know help kind of put this in a, a better way that you could take parts of if you like it if not you could just say that was dumb and like whatever i'm just i'm just trying to help is basically what i was trying to put out there I'm like yeah sure go ahead and so i read off this you know, my interpretation of what they were trying to kind of put together and I get done and I look over and the one guy who I just met like that night, he's looking at me with this like amazed look on his face. He's like, are you a writer? And like almost apologetically, I was like, well, I mean, I'm a comic, which is like, you know, you're kind of right. Like I do use words, but more in like the flatulence and the falling down upon <laughs> fruit. That, that's my, that's my wheelhouse. But on occasion, you know, I can get gussied up. I can go town. I can go courting if I want, you know, if I need to. And so um, they were, uh, the, at least the two guys were like, yeah, that's, that's a lot of what we were kind of going for. But I got a feeling that like, I may have maybe ruffled a feather with the, uh, the, the roommate of the knucklehead. And so uh, I'm like, cool. Well, I'm going to step out for a smoke real quick. And so I step outside and I light up and, you know, um, while I'm out there, I send the roommate that, you know, again, I'm, I'm building this friendship with. I'm like, Hey man, like real talk. I, um, I'm not trying to jump in on your biz. I got nothing but respect for you and, and, and the stuff that you guys got going on here. My only thing is I'm trying to help. So if I came off like, you know, kind of sideways, I apologize. Like I just I preemptively Catholic upbringing I just assume everything is always your fault. And then when it's not, it's a delightful surprise. 
it's not just Catholics, it's women too. Hey, you know, I feel the same thing whenever I put out an opinion. It's like, ah, shit, I've overstepped my gender role. Yeah. And if you're a, a Catholic woman, oh, for fuck's sake, oh, you're screwed. <laughs> Best of luck. So, but, um, <laughs> so I, uh, I sent him this, this, this personal message, right? <clears throat> Finish up my cigarette go back inside and the two guys that that came over um they're still at the computer and they see me coming they start laughing and uh they're like you're all good bro and i realized i had forwarded my what i had written on to the roommate uh and they were using his phone to kind of transcribe parts of what i had written so while they're doing that my new message just popped up right there (laughs) charlie brown gotta love it right like my motto is big jim don't worry it gets worse <laughs> so I'm uh so oh, by I'm the like, way, new title for the show. I don't know. I still like wild frail things. I don't know. Don't worry, it gets worse. Come on. Well, that's mine though. I'm using that for my book. <laughs> uh, Copyright, Jim. <laughs> yeah, and that's what just seal just my tears will hold the 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 contract shut. So um so yeah, so uh but yeah, I I I, I kind of laughed it off too. And I'm thinking like, well, maybe this might endear me a little bit, you know, in the whole situation, but I hadn't talked to the roommate directly about it. And so like the next day I, I messaged him, I'm just like, Hey man, you know, give me a ring. If you got a sec, nothing major, no rush. And he's just like, Hey, you know, he hits me back. He's like, thanks so much for last night. Sorry if I seemed a little, you know, standoffish or whatever, yada, yada. And we squashed it. Right. The, that following night I, I, bring uh my buddy the knucklehead back from work i drop uh, i bring him back to the house and we're hanging out like usual and uh, i'm on my way out the door and it, it rem- i remembered that oh i got that show coming up and so i'm like hey i got this cool thing that i'm doing and uh i'm gonna be headlining it's gonna be like you know um a bunch of comics from all over the country we had like 15 16 comics like that and even the ones that had a little difficulty adapting to doing comedy on Zoom, because that's just it feels like I'm doing a Tim and Eric sketch when I'm trying to do fucking comedy to my laptop. But um, this some of them, they had difficulty uh, uh, yeah, making that transition, but they still shared something that was awesome. And the people that uh, everyone else just crushed. And I was like, I you know, was excited for it, but I didn't know about this yet. So we had all these amazing comics. And I'm just all I said was like, hey, I got this cool thing that I'm doing. I'm going to be headlining. Uh, it's coming up. Uh, we're going to do a Zoom comedy show, comics all across the country and everything else. And I got that far. And the reaction that I got was, um, they ever get any celebrities in there? And I'll get it. It's my buddy. He's a knucklehead. We bust balls. And, you know, and I get that. And that's how I was trying to take that. But at the same time, I'm going to be like, maybe throw a little something back that lets them know. Hey, all right. So I'm just like, you mean like former radio personalities, you know, to kind of say like, you know, regardless of, you know, the, the longstanding relationship that we have, you know, because like, I'm sure even like The Rock's got somebody that he grew up with that, that saw him piss the bed at summer camp that one time. And he's like, I know your shit, Rock. You know, I know you. Um, the one you thing saw I the Rock like, his bed. She would love to see the no. Rock. <laughs> No, would you be, would you that's where I draw that line. You wouldn't be the best. No. Okay, so no, okay. <laughs> no. Sorry, Dwayne. You can go home, buddy. I, I don't. I, she said no. What do you Not want? Not doing. He's giving you that eyebrow. He's <laughs> like, yeah. mm. go do some push-ups, um, bitch. What is it? Uh, uh, the wonderful Stephanie Germanata, also known as Lady Gaga, 
she had in <laughs> like people in her high school and her, I believe it was her college had entire Facebook page that was titled Stephanie Germanata will never be famous. And it had people that were just ragging on her constantly. Yeah. And now she's one of the biggest fucking stars in the world. So it's just, yeah. And I always was amazed by people that use the hate as yeah. fuel. And it's like, how does someone do that? And it, it, now I can see that that it comes from somebody that has a healthy self image and it's healthy enough that it can, you know, it doesn't allow that shit in. That's the layer that, you know, a lot of us were denied as, as you know, in as kids. Well, she, yeah, she had, um, she had some rough stuff too. So it, it, one, so there's, uh, there's two paths to take to get to that. I'm going to use your hate as my, my energy because I'm better mm. than this and I'll rise above. And that's one is having a healthy, balanced self-esteem when you're growing up. And the other is to go through so much shit. And so if I survived that, this is nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, you see people that like, you know, uh, have lost everything in a twister and then all of a sudden there's some place where there's an earthquake and like oh my god we're gonna die like bitch please <laughs> oh the ground don't quake for a little bit yeah my house is like not around anymore so um by the by uh lady gaga super petite little beautiful thing i met her right before she blew up holy shit Aww. yeah uh pre she was at pre dress or post me dress uh Pre. Pre. Wow. It was a couple of years before. Dude, <laughs> she, she was so fresh. She was in studio at KUFO. Oh, my nice. God. Well, she was writing music for, like, Britney Spears-level people for years before she came out. Yeah, her, her album had just dropped or was just about to. So it was wow. like... That's awesome. She was just on the verge of exploding. And I don't think she even knew it. She was she was there. There was like two people with her, like her manager and her bodyguard. And she was like shorter than Brie. <laughs> I just like how like you this. just you just drag your wife just right in the middle. Of just, well, because just like, you both just... know how tall Brie is. So <laughs> okay, all right. But I'm, little poly I'm just saying you're 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 tap dancing. You, you're like one move away from getting the configuration right and it opening up. So you just you just step carefully, James. <laughs> you know you know the 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 hornet's nest that that you you know can potentially wake up. But. Oh, I know I'm going to get kicked in the ribs sometime during the night. It happens. Ribs if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I started uh, with a cup. So 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 anyway, like. I say, yeah. So you mean like, you know, former radio personalities like, you know, I I have, you know, accomplished a lot of stuff that, you know, I can listen back to. And like even now uh, I can make myself laugh by it. And like, you know, I, I'm genuinely cracked up by, you know, something that I did. And so regardless of what anybody else may or may not think that, you know, I at least you think you've got a pretty strong um, uh, shield around that. Right. For most for most stuff. But someone just like, yeah, you mean like, you know, like radio personalities or whatever. And uh, he's like, well, no, I mean like, like Burt Kreischer, you know, he does like that, like sober October thing. I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I'm well aware of Burt. You know, I'm pretty sure I may have even introduced him to him. I'm not sure. But, um, but I was just kind of like, at that point I was like, oh, okay. So I'm like, well, I'm not the one that booked the show. I'm just the guy that they asked to be um, the headliner. 
you know, kind of like, like that. so if that's not good enough for you. Yeah. And he's and then like I kind of like got capped off with like, well, they should look into that. And I'm like, oh, okay. So basically I'm gonna go grab my water bottle and go fuck myself. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> and so I got to my car and like it it took a minute to really sink in. I'm just like, that was kind of fucked up. And I, I, I went home, but I really wanted to kind of dig into this. If this was, in fact, me taking what was, you know, uh, an attempt at busting balls and whatever, uh, or if this if this was a genuine beef that that, you know, bore, you know, uh, you know, bringing to the table. And so I thought on it for a while. I realized I'm like, yeah, well, either way, I feel like I should, you know, at least express like this is how this shit kind of made me feel. So I'm like, I made the decision I was going to talk to him about it, but it was so much harder to do than I had imagined. And, and based on this the past, you know, show, you can see I don't have much of a problem talking about some of the darker aspects of my life with, you know, with a, just about anybody. But for me, this type of situation was like all that other stuff is like a a. a a closet that is filled beyond capacity and like a, like a Warner brothers cartoon where the door is barely holding it shut. And this is just the most recent example of all the stuff that I, that is in this fucking closet. And now when I'm going to broach this with my friend, I have to reach into this closet while other hand is holding it shut and just pull out that one manila envelope that has to do with this situation and this particular person. And that's what made it so difficult was trying to express that just this situation made me feel a, a kind of way about it. And, you know, we hugged it out and, you know, he said something to me, which I really appreciated, which was um, you're allowed to feel your feelings. And that's something that a lot of people forget. And it's, it's a pretty simple, you know, credo to have, which is, you know, if just because you may not think it's important, if it's affecting you, it is that important. Yep. And if somebody else wants to, because here's the thing, normally when you bring up somebody doing something to you, their knee jerk reaction is to deny or to pull out a laundry list of excuses as to why they should be allowed to kind of like walk clumsily all over your fucking feelings or whatever. Um, which isn't cool. And it's something that we need to, you know, as people um, realize that we, we have that value and that worth within us. And so, um, but even afterwards, like I'm still like really kind of rip, uh, wrestling with this, this, this shift in wanting to be, you know, still wanting to have this, this, this career in comedy, whatever it might be. Um, but at the same time to, to go from this, it's okay. Like trying to like screech, trying to be taken seriously as an actor. I know that's a horrible analogy to try and put myself with considering he just died. But if you imagine him trying to go out for like Leo's role in Titanic, even if he nailed the audition and did it like a hundred times better, no one could see him in that role. Cause no one takes him seriously. And you know, that's when the whole like image thing, at least with Hollywood, you have to sort of an actor has to go through like a process of like other movies to kind of go from, oh, they used to do comedies. Now they're going to do serious. Stuff. So you have to transition slowly and then get to do the serious. Unless role. you're Tom Hanks. Yeah. In which case you just abandon your your brilliant comedy roots and just embrace this horrible life of drama and suspense. 
So, but yeah, it, it just, it's, yeah. yeah. It's just something that I'm still trying to grapple with. Yeah. Fran Drescher had to write a show for herself. Mindy Kaling had to write a show for herself. You know, and it, so maybe that's the, day, the key, Jim, write a show for yourself. Amy Schumer, Eliza Schlesinger. They all had to write shows for themselves. Oh, just one uh, in, in full disclosure or whatever, um, <laughs> or in all honesty, I feel like I, I understand, you know, what someone no, mentions yeah. to you, the idea that like uh, sober comedy, that, might not be a lot of people's cup of tea. Yeah, I like comedy, but you know, a bunch of people that don't drink anymore or telling stories about how alcohol ruined their life in a funny way, in a hilarious way. Um, it puts some people off, and I get that. And I'm not asking for a parade, I'm not asking for balloons. You know what? I'm not even asking you to show up. That's the thing. I just hope better than my mere mention of something that I'm trying to do gets greeted with some semblance of respect and or credibility, especially when not 24 hours before I stood in that same spot and did as respectfully as I could my best to help these other creative types do something that was very important to them, you know? And so it's, yeah, it's something that it's, it's, it's interesting. It's it's definitely something that I can't just shrug off and kind of move on. It's 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 there's something here that still needs to like the configuration box. It needs to be twisted in a certain way to kind of get out what is been kind of knocked loose, if that makes any sense. Well, buddy, I I hope that you find it. I hope that you can can piece it together, as it were, and you know you've got support here. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. we will we will back everything you do. I appreciate so, that. Um sincerely. And 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 uh, it's it's the same for for Bryce, for Danny, for Samantha. You guys as much as I can, I've got your back. It's so. same. 100% same. Literally, we have Sam's back. Literally. We have Samantha's back. We've been having Samantha's back. And you can have Samantha's back too. <laughs> James, <laughs> tell them how. Because James, all you have to how. do is go to Inked Magazine's website and vote for Samantha. Yeah. And see the amazing artwork. You guys are so silly. When you're oh done gosh. having secret intercourse with a, you know, a podcast member of your choice, when you're done with that, when you we are the big you. spoon or the little spoon. Yeah, both spoons can vote. There is a full, it's a spoon election. All right. Just get out there, dig in for Sam. That's what we we're support asking. Support the voter fraud. You know what? You can vote and then you can hey, bookmark. You brought that up last time. Well, yeah, it's, <laughs> vote it seems kind and of bookmark every like day. You, yeah. You get one freebie and then, like, oh, if you want to, like, you know, cheat and just dump us some money, we'll be more than happy to just completely throw any legitimacy in this out the window. But you know what? You know what's going to beat oh, that? Man. You know what beats that? Good old-fashioned perverts that just need something to keep them warm on a cold night. You know I know about this. You know I know I know this. you know about this. And so for if, you perverts, she yeah. is topless in the photo. <laughs> we just ask that when you're done, objectifying her and we know that you're going to we uh, do it we, on the show weekly we, we don't approve we don't approve first of all we don't support it 
We support Sam, but we don't support subject, uh, objectification of Sam. But when you're done doing that, just vote. That's all we ask. Do whatever you want before and after, but just make sure you click at least once a day. It's not too much to ask. I got to vote to twice home, today I because I signed up for the newsletter. <laughs> I got two votes today. Pretty uh, yay. <laughs> now I got the newsletter, but I got I got to vote twice for Sam. Aww. So it all kind of works out in the wash. Yeah. <laughs> well, it at the end of this episode tonight, um, so in about an hour and a half, two hours, um, voting ends for the next round, and I have to be in the top ten, which as I last checked, I am. And then oh. there's another round, which I think will be five, and then three, and then one. Well, no, I I don't know. I, I because I went on the site too because I wanted to research some stuff and uh, <laughs> unrelated, <laughs> unrelated. And uh, but no, the rules I saw was like, yeah, it, it's it, uh, you have to be in the top ten, and then they're gonna drop it down to five. But when it got to three, I thought there was like a fight to the death. There was like one. There was gonna be like a trident and a net, and then like a sword, like a short sword, and then like you were gonna be brought into like. A, yeah, they're gonna fly us all in. Yeah, but you got to kill each other from six feet away. That's the tough yeah. part. Yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately, we've been working on the tampoon, so I think she's got it. It's true. Had your best. I think she's going to get the... I got it. I got this. <laughs> tug on the cord, let it go, and it comes out of the applicator. Are you supposed to count to three? I think there's, there's something. There's like a... Was, was that, in was your that head, just though, me? because yeah. if you go yeah, out yeah. loud, you, it, you yeah, give them a warning. Coming. Yeah. I'm about to throw an explosive feminine hygiene product <laughs> after I count to a certain number. It's going to absorb all of your organs. <laughs> As the Lord intended. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> so, yes, uh, please vote for Sam. And then when you're done with that, go to Patreon. And support us on Patreon. Word. We Dot have com slash we have not three another tiers Patreon. with all kinds of great stuff. And if that's not enough for you, we've got merch. You can go around with humane apple pie on your body. Literally. Merch.streamelements.com slash not another podcast. And with that, I would like to bid all of you a fond farewell. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to Not Another Podcast. There are so many places for you to find us outside of www.notanotherpodcast.com. For instance, you can find us on Facebook at Not Another Podcast. You can also find us on Tumblr at www.notanotherpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also find me, Samantha Stark, on Twitter at Samantha Stark 3 And you can find James on Twitter as well under James Spooky, spelled with an I-E, not a Y. And you wanted it, you asked for it, you got it. You can also find us now on iTunes under, you guessed it, Not Another Podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Peace out, Not Another Podcasters.